Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of the PD Sports Podcast. It has been a minute since we've recorded one. It's probably been about three weeks, I reckon, just between the FPL show sort of starting and then a few other things getting in the way. The end of the day, it's not the end of the world. The season is very, very long. But we are here, ready to go. Just tonight, it is Dame and I. Dame, how you going? Not bad, man, not bad. We'll apologise to the listeners. My voice is a little raspy. We've been dealing with a bit of a throat infection the last few days, but we should be able to get through it. Hopefully, we have got enough tea that should keep it lubricated, so we should be okay. There we go. So if you haven't already, make sure you're checking out all the links in either the description of the video or the uh, Discord and all the other fun things. If you are playing FPL and you've come over to this one, there will be a link to join our Classic League as well. But I think that's where we're just going to start with tonight. We obviously will park the FPL chat because that'll be on the next episode of the FPL show. But I just want to start out with sort of acknowledging some of the teams that have flown out of the gates. And I think you can only really start with one team at the moment and Man City are looking pretty good, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they're a pretty good side. And we predicted this, that they're going to be there and thereabouts and probably uh, win the league. Um, and they have looked amazing. Haaland has looked good in his minutes that he has been given. Foden's looked dangerous when he has been on the ball. But I think the man that we have to talk about in terms of City has been De Bruyne. He's been at next level. And considering his second half of the year after his injury last year, I'm not in the least you know, surprised that he's yet again their key man. He's looking fantastic. Um, and even with their defensive frailties that they have at the back with a few injuries, yeah, pretty fantastic. Yeah, 100%. I think he's just been on another level at the moment as well. And they're just, yeah, they're just rolling, aren't they, really? They're just looking really solid. The first game against West Ham just really controlled it um, quite well, which was super impressive, to be fair. 2-0, um, Hallen double. Um, what was interesting was that he was on penalties, but... Obviously, even against uh, Bournemouth, who, to be fair, only conceded, you know, four. <laughs> yep. We all sort of said, you know, threes and fours are on the card. But um, I thought, you know, City just did what they needed to do. First half were quite dominant. Um, really just didn't get out of second gear, to be fair. And, you know, the De Bruyne goal is probably the one moment where there's a whole heap of individual brilliance in that. But oh, you know, yeah. the other goals were pretty... Just well worked. I can't even really remember Foden's goal, to be fair. Oh, it was um, one that the keeper should have probably say went over in between like his legs and looped up and went in. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, one-on-one -on -one that he, you know, he should have cut one earlier in the half, which would have been nice for all the fantasy talk. But, um, yeah, look, it was one of those things that just, you know, is what is. And in terms of City, they look fantastic and... They're getting scrappy goals, they're getting own goals, and they're getting world-class goals. They're going to be very hard to stop all year long. Yeah, 100%. And I think for them as well, um, it's going to be interesting when rotation sort of impacts their squad a little bit um, with Champions League because that's going to make a significant dent, I think, you know, or as Liverpool supporters, hopefully makes a big dent in their push for the title because... Right now, they're rolling. They're pretty healthy, unlike Liverpool. And, you know, they've got a four-point gap currently. And if that gets any bigger, then there might be some difficult conversations to be had. But I think City-wise, I don't think there's heaps to comment on. They just they look the same, really. They yeah. just look like they've completely continued their momentum, which was funny because, you know, in the Charity Shield, people thought they were a bit off the pace. So... For the way they've responded, they've actually done quite well. Yeah, I believe so too. I think they've responded superbly well. All right. So um, that's sort of where I reckon Man City are at. The next two, I feel like there's a little bit more to discuss. Has any other team caught your eye that I haven't already outlined on there? Um, in terms of who's compiling out the gates we're about to speak about, I think you've got the teams kind of nailed um, one of the teams that you've got in the other section we're going to say, which is the surprise and good section, I think have come flying out the gates, even though they haven't got the points on the board. Uh, but we'll talk about That's them why I put them there too. for that exact yeah. reason. Yeah, So because uh, I'm really impressed with one of those sides. But let's just go in order. Um, so next on that list is Arsenal. And it has to be said that even in match day one, I know Gabriel Jesus did not get a goal or an assist, 
he looked hands down their best player. So there was no shock that he was involved in all four goals yeah. for them. Leicester, they look amazing going forward. There was talks that they need another winger at the club. They definitely don't because Martinelli needs to play week in, week out because he's just so well-class at the minute. Um, and they look defensively solid. And think of the names that are missing. You know, you got Tyranny, you got... Uh, Miyasu. Yeah, you got Takumi on the other side. He got side. his first game of minutes in this week, but really yeah. underdone. And then... if, you, if you're moving Zinchenko in the middle of the park, Xhaka probably makes way. You got Tierney on the left and you get uh, Tommy, Tommy Ashley there on the right-hand side. Um, you know, and Gabriel, and probably at the moment with Saliba's form, you're probably taking out Mr. Ben White, who is a fantastic centre-back for him. Yeah. Um, then you've got all of a sudden depth in defence, which is one of the areas we said that they needed last year. Um, and they've got, you know, Xhaka's their backup centre-defence mid in that role of a few others. COVID, those points that we talked about many a time last year has been covered. So I actually think Arsenal flown out the gates looked amazing. And, uh, and capitalised on a good run. Yeah, they could yeah. be definitely up there for the top four for sure. Yeah, again, the thing that probably hurts them this year is there is European football. Um, I think there's still a significant gap from their best to their bench as well. Yep. So when they're looking at the bench, the you know there's probably one option in each line except for up front. I'd say at the moment that is an option. The only sort of rotationary way I could see them playing around up front is if Martinelli can stay fit and maybe give Jesus a break in some lesser games up front. But other than that, there is Eddie and Ketcher, but... Yeah, which I think he'll be used. I kind of feel for him. Like, they've given him a big contract extension. They've given him the 14 and they've signed Jesus and he's just, you know, he said he wanted to leave. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's quite annoyed at the moment, to be perfectly honest, because it looked like they were backing him and then they found Jesus who on the weekend managed to get four contributions and isn't going to lose that spot anytime soon. And even against Crystal Palace, he'd looked really solid. So look, Arsenal, we've been talking about certain things that they've needed for a while. And if Zinchenko is the midfielder, they think that he could be, um, then they may have solved a big issue there with Thomas Party. Potentially could be Zinchenko Party rotating through that role. And then it's Xhaka and Elneny maybe or Sambi Lakonga. So there's five relatively solid options um, with Charlie Patino going out on loan. I think he's gone to Blackpool uh, this season, I believe. So that'll be good for his development. But look, end of the day, Arsenal get a really good run of games. And for me, they just needed to capitalize on it. So far through two games, they've managed to score, what, six goals and get six points. Can't do much better. I just thought defensively, obviously, the Saliba... Connection with Ramsdale wasn't great for the own goal. And then Ramsdale was pretty poor on the Madison yeah. shot, the near post. But bar that, Leicester didn't have any major, major chances that Ramsdale had to pull out worldy saves for. And the defense looked solid, which we've been very critical of. So props to Arsenal. Uh, obviously, time to capitalize on the momentum. They got Bournemouth away this week. You'd expect goals again. Saka hasn't really gone amongst it yet, so it wouldn't surprise me, uh, law of averages, that Saka gets involved and Martinelli maybe has a quieter week. But end of the day, they're in a good spot. If you're an Arsenal fan, if you can get to Europe and you're in the top four by that you know, first group stage game of, of Europa League, then you're laughing. Yeah, I believe that's their goal. And with their run of form, they need to make this count like go... Win first, first put pressure know, seven on out of their first day, they got to win it and then be like, Here we are. So, when it comes to those tougher fixtures, when they might need to rotate as well, um, they can withstand dropping a few points. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. All right, let's move on to my boys, team that I love. I've always got a soft spot for them. I haven't hey. done an FM save on them for two years, so I might be due one with the new f- roster. But Brentford, I have really yeah. been impressed with Brentford. Same here, mate. Same here indeed. I don't like talking about FPL on here, but I dodge them like the plague because of the yep. first two fixtures. And they have come up trumps big time in those games. So I've been really, really impressed with their start to the season. So obviously we, we, we'll talk about the Man United side of things a bit later when we talk about Man United specifically. Yep. But what I was really impressed was was the way that they were able to change their approach. So just trying to find, again, their game in game week one, which I should have in front of me. So bear with me for a second. But they started, was it not Wolves? Who'd they have? I don't know why this isn't 
changing. Oh, I was going to say, Tony scored a goal. It was in like the six-yard box. The Bulls played into him. He backed into They came from 2-0 down. Leicester. So, Leicester. Yeah, that's it. 2-0 down against Leicester. And I was I looked at Leicester, me and Lydie, like, all right, we'll get on him in game week three. And they were 2-0 two, two down against Leicester as well. So that, you know, showed real good character. Ivan Tony and uh, Josh De Silva coming up with two very contrasting goals, number one. Yep. So Tony good work in the box to hold off the centre-back turn hit. The silver outside the box, absolute top bin Weldy, type finish, yeah. weldy finish. But for me, it was this Man United game. They went 4-3-3 against Leicester. So for me, that means that they targeted that Leicester fixture. They felt they could get on top early, where against Man United, they put the extra in defense and wanted to invite a bit of pressure. They wanted to be able to have the overload in the midfield obviously going 3-5-2. So when they play their 3-5-2, it is literally five flat midfield and two up front. It's not a 10. Yeah. It's the three center mids with the wing backs going hard. So they're, it's a very Inter Milan-esque 3-5-2, more so than the traditional 3-4-3 yeah. three, three that you see. But them against Man United, when they knew they had them on the ropes, you don't see this very often, they just kept hitting that counterpunch Granted, first goal was very poor goalkeeping. So Josh De Silva gets very lucky there. Second goal is a very good team press. Most top teams shouldn't be playing the ball when you can see there's three guys standing on the edge of the box waiting for the ball to get played out. Third goal, third goal was a good header from Ben Mee. Would have loved to score yep. in his home debut. And then the fourth was a brilliant counter-attack, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, they look class, don't they? And yeah. uh, I expect Brentford to actually play in that way a little bit more, especially in the big game, like you mentioned. But I actually think even against lesser sides away from home, they're going to line up in that three with that flat five. And it's not your traditional when you line up three with a flat five, which is a five at the back system. Or, you know, for me, postcodes, football formations are postcodes. But, um, you know, when they're sitting deep and inviting pressure, it's a different type of just sitting there, not doing much, not offering much, and then lumping it long to just two guys. Yeah. It's pretty much put it into space and know that we can hunt from that area. Even if we don't win the ball, we're going to be up the field and be able to press in that area. Yeah. Right? Or we're going to win the second ball and counter press. And it's then not, okay, keep the ball and take the sting out of the game. It's space, go, run, get on it, let's go. And utilise Bremo, utilise Tony's ability to bring others into the play so we can get a couple of the centre mids forward. You know, John, you know, um, Tony's Silver's... deceptively quick too, isn't he? Like yeah, we saw in that counter-attack that he can drag oh. centre-backs out wide into areas I don't want to be in. Like he was just... And then the ball he plays, it's like a 30-yard ball that he plays a square that hits him Bremo on the shoelace. Like it's well, just... He's good footballer, man. He's, he's unreal. I love watching Tony play. Absolute um, class. But that's the thing. It's not like, oh, we're just going to lump along the two guys up top and that's Put it on they're his chest. Num- they're getting numbers in areas. Once they get in and around Tony, you've got Silver bowling on forward and getting in good areas. You know, Rico Henry, who's meant to be playing as a wing back and being very defensive, has he's had so like good. three shots, three shots from inside the box in two games, which I know is a fantasy Premier League stat that I've been looking <laughs> at. But like, he, he's yeah. bombing on in areas. It's very like... Chelsea, Liverpool-esque, the way they use their fullbacks. Yeah, 100%. So with that being said, I am... Uh, They're a team very, to watch. They're a yeah, big team to impressed. watch. Very impressed. Very impressed with them. And then they you get Dam's Guardian as well. He hasn't even acclimatised yet. That's he's, scary. He's going to be the Ericsson replacement. He, we know how good he is from the Euros. So that that's going to be a very... Uh, very, Such a good uh, signing. very interesting one to watch because I think he could be quite good. And then a fit to Silva, it's literally two signings because De Silva barely played at all last season. So he's someone that's gone under the radar a little bit from their promotion push. Yeah, nailed in the championship. Arguably their best player. Massive long-term injury. I believe it was an ACL, I think, if I remember. It was either that or, or a broken leg, I think. One yeah, of the two. one of the two. It was a really bad one. Um, And then he's gone back in and he's looked... Look, he's lucky against United for his goal, but the first goal in the first game of the season shows his class. But it's more the areas he gets up, how much he drives, how quickly he can get up front and Very help direct. the two men. You know, even if they play out longer than Tony, Tony can hold it up and you look and the silver's already there. So it's like playing it as a, you know, they've fought a five flat, but as soon as they're on the ball, you got it's that. It's almost a 4-3-3 three, three shape by then. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the silver's pulling into that nine, Tony and Burma pulling their men wide. It, it's cool, pretty cool. Yeah. Or a diamond, whichever way you look at it. Yeah, and then they yeah. normally have um, Norgard or what's his name? Starts with a J. Yeah, a Jensen. Um, Jensen. He sort of sits yeah. more as the the traditional six. Yeah. So as the rest of them bomb on, he's the one that provides the back three with the cover. Um, again, 
I thought Ben Mee was such a good get for them too. Um, I think so too. Quality to, centre-back. Can play the shape, can play the system, just rock-solid centre-back to sit right in the middle. Again, look, I'm expecting Brentford to, to do some big things. It's similar to Arsenal, they've got a really good run of uh, fixtures here uh, coming up as well. So don't be surprised if... You see Brentford just ticking along nicely and it could potentially start with Fulham this week who have been a little bit up and down, but have been good value for two points so far this season, to be fair yep. as well. That's All fair. right. You want to kick us off with one of the teams that I do. have surprised? I, I, wanted I know to you're going to go fly- with. I, know, I wanted to put him in flying out the gates. I know why you haven't because it is Brighton and I want to speak about Brighton because they look amazing. Um, and I understand we haven't because Nick Pope's kind of foiled them three points because without Nick Pope for Newcastle, Brighton have got two wins from two games. Yeah. The masterclass that Graham Potter put out against United on the opening match day was second to none. Welbeck's fit and firing, getting in great areas. Pascal Gross has now moved into this 10. Yeah, Trossard's that, playing... Trossard's now playing... Role. Yeah, but it's a creative inverted left wing wrap role where he's being told to either like Cancelo. Yeah, it's it's either stay wide to provide us width, but when you can look to come inside, look to influence the game, look to create overloads in the middle of the park. So he's very um, unique, like, isn't he? Because he's yeah. good. He can he's someone who can go either. He's very Kunmin Sun esque yeah, without the the, without the killer instinct, but he can use yeah. his left foot just almost as well as his right. And it's more importantly, this is like the progression of Potter over the years. You know, he's built a system. He's installed his mentality. He's then implemented a style of football over the last couple of years. On top of that, got your right keeper in Sanchez. You've got Matt Ryan out, which I think Ryan could play the role. But, you know, this is an Aussie podcast, so here we are. Um, then on top of that, though, he's got players that he believes in into the squad that he will do that role. And now this is the last, like, version piece of it. Now he's getting people in areas that is going to be able to do a little bit extra, like the inverted wing-back role or getting an extra midfielder now into the box. And they have looked really good. They've got Salcedo in there in the middle, who is yeah, their pursuit replacement. He's young. He's quick. He's nippy. He wins the ball back. Uh, he's someone that Man United need, right? And Brighton have gone, you. And it just shows how good the club is. They've got him in six months earlier too. That's the thing. It's yeah. very Liverpool-esque the way that they've targeted that. Yeah, and it's how they're scouting, how the, how the club's set up, how Potter can see it and knows what he wants. And I think it's a very exciting time. Um, I understand why we haven't put him in coming flight out of the greats, but, geez, they've been surprisingly good. They were great against United and really should have taken three points off Newcastle. And to be fair, they're, they're in a position where they can kind of use some of their quality. Like, I'm just looking at the Newcastle game here and what they did. They only used three subs, which is interesting. But Muepu came in for the Lana, so... That McAllister bloke started deeper, so I'm assuming Wepu came in, McAllister went a little bit further forward to support yep. Gross and Welbeck. Trossard came off, and uh, so did Solly March, and they just replaced the two fullbacks with a guy called Mitoma, who I don't really know. He's apparently a midfielder, but I'm sure he must have played out as a wingback, right, or maybe right Veltman might have played on one of them. But um, And then Lamptey's still getting back into fitness. They've still got... Um, uh, Denny Zundav, who we've spoken about already, is someone who's scored goals in the Belgian league, um, who's ready to go. But obviously, they have Danny Welbeck keeping him out with his form. Yeah. But it also looks like more pays on the way out. So between Welbeck and um, Undav, I think there's goals there. If Gross is going to keep playing further up the pitch, he's proven before that he can score in the league um, and be a good creative player. Same with Adam Lalana, but again, fitness for Lalana. But then yeah. I think defensively, like with Dunk, Webster, Veltman, they're just proven. They're proven. They're a oh, proven yeah. defensively solid team that I find it very hard to see them not being around the mid-table, to be fair, like at a minimum. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're going to be fantastic. I think they're going to get a lot of points off a lot of clubs. Make it hard for a lot of not, teams. Yeah, teams are not going to enjoy playing against Brighton, I don't think. Home or away, because they play the same way. Yeah. Um, and they're not scared to go at it. Like if, you know, there is going to be teams that are going to be there and they're going to be like, we need an early goal and you don't get it. Us, you know, Spurs, the only team you think that would beat them, no matter even if they get an early goal or not, it's probably City because it's City, right? But, you know, even us, Spurs, Chelsea, um, yeah, you if know, you don't they get don't an get early, an early goal and they can play their way, then they're going yeah. to be hard to break down. They've got a pretty good keeper in net too. So, yeah, I think Brighton's in a really good spot. Um, and I see them finishing top half and maybe pushing to that bottom end of European competition. Yep, same. And they're just at a point now where they've kept the core together long yeah. enough, um, which always helps. So, 
we'll move on from Brighton because yep. I want to talk about Leeds because this could be a very different discussion if they didn't throw it away this week. Yeah, and I agree with that. Because I thought against Wolves... Was it Wolves? Who did they have a game at one? Did they have Wolves? I think they did. did Wolves play? Yeah, yeah, they did because they uh, Potent scored and then Leeds went and ran over. Yeah, got that. the Bamford goal and the yeah. own goal. So, yeah. look, for me at the moment, Jack Harrison... Um, not going to lie, Dom and I were kind of laughing at him um, in the preseason uh, when he played Man United. I be- was it Man United? I don't know. I can't remember. There was a game that they played here in Australia. It was on TV. Oh, Crystal Palace. It was Crystal Palace. And he was playing left wing back. And Dom and I were like, what the hell is going on? And he was just all... He did, he looked completely out of place. But going forward, he looked really good still. So we thought, all right, there's a bit of this there. But the fact that he's playing left wing back, maybe he's not nailed... Yada yada. Anyway, fast forward yeah. two weeks, and he's been creating. He thinks he's created the most chances in the league so far, um, but through two games, and he's looked really good. Rodrigo scored three and two. I think he scored a double, didn't he, this week? Yeah, he scored a double, and he's got the goal against Wolves. Yeah, um, near post. Goal, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, what I think Bamford scored was Rodrigo. Um, yeah. Anyway. So obviously Bamford is out, so he sort of stepped back into that striker role. But then there's between Aronson and Jack Harrison, they're just creating. You know, bucket loads of chances. Oh. Melier again has the potential to go big um, with them, and there's going to be plenty of points that he saves this year with his saves, literally, um, because we know his quality. That Chris, I think it's Christensen, the right back yeah. as well, looks a player so far. Hasn't really done it in the first two games. Looked really good in preseason. Um, I think yeah. for them, it's just the midfield. I worry about. They've got Tyler Adams. Who I haven't seen enough of yet, the American that's come in um, with Jesse March. But look, there's a base. And I thought Leeds were really going to struggle this the start of this season, especially with some of the tougher fixtures. Uh, Wolves wasn't an easy fixture, and for them to have the resilience to come back at home was really positive. Uh, Southampton, really, they should have walked away with three points there. That was probably yeah, five, I think it was about five minutes of just chaos um, that Southampton went bang, bang, and got two goals very quickly. Um, and oh, Leeds, Rebo, mate. yeah, I know it frustrated me because I love a Rebo, but he's not my fancy team. And then, um, this week they got Chelsea, so I'm not expecting them to really profit from this game, but they get a really good run, uh, to about the international break. So, again, don't be surprised if you see Leeds floating about, if you see Aronson starting to settle, if you see Rodrigo five, six, seven goals potentially, maybe by the international break, you never know, they might actually do a lot know. better than we thought. And look, I think they've been surprisingly good, yeah. But I am still worried for them for the season. The fact they showed that, for, you know, that defensive, um, you know, a little bit of just lackless of yeah, how to see the game out against Southampton security, you know, um, fragility is probably the word as they have their moments. Yeah, maybe it doesn't bode well for a thirty-eight, you know, game week season, and maybe we'll see that proper set up a few more times. I think. As much as they've been surprisingly good, I want to see more from Leeds before I go, okay, they're going to be all right this year. Because yep. I still think there's definitely going to be times throughout the year we'll look at them and go, oh, that wasn't good for them. Because I just think they still could be got at, which I hope they stay up because I want Leeds to. Because yep. they're part of the Prem. They're historic. Yeah, I'd have to say the same. So one to watch because their games are going to be entertaining. That's what I've taken away. Yeah, yeah I, I believe so. I believe in that too. Speaking yeah. of one to watch is Paul. Um, and speaking of historic football clubs, let's move on to a third one, which is Forest, right? And uh, game week all one, historic, <laughs> yeah. Of all historic football clubs, game week one, we watched uh, the goal rush first half together. Yeah, we and did. I think there was a, I think there was a moment where someone ran through the middle of the park, and about eight of Forest guys Joe Linton. run. Yeah, Joe Linton, and he probably should have scored. Um, and we all, we both turned to each other, and you said it to me. You, you literally said, "If they defend like that, they're going down this year." Come they, to game week two. They turned it around big time, didn't they? Neko Williams on every set piece, having pigs, uh, you know, pings from everywhere. Um, Taywo up top, um, who's oh a former Liverpool lad. touch is dreadful. He is touch is dreadful, <laughs> but physically he brings so many people into games. And, yeah. you know, he's got to create havoc for anyone. He's a little bit of Mitrovic-esque. When Mitrovic's got a bit more class, he's just pure power. And he's going to be a handful. I mean, if he gets a touch right, he's going to be decent up top. And look at the signings they're getting. 
I think the surprising good thing about Forest is that they're going all in. They're just going, this is it. This is our one moment. Let's make it work. We want to stay up. Get as many players through the door. We've got quality. We're going to give Neko Williams a, a run. We're going to give everyone a run. We've got Henderson in net, who's a good keeper, who should be probably number one at Man United at the minute. Um, let's go and see if we stay up. And I think they've been surprisingly good for the fact that they're a historic club and they said, you know what, we're not here to pocket money. We're here to go and give it a shot. Yeah. If it does go wrong, we'll lose a lot of these guys. We will have wasted a fair amount of money, but... We get a lot of it back too through release clauses, you think. Payments. And the parachute yeah. payments, yeah. And this might be the way that they stay up. Fulham tried this and it went definitely wrong, but the difference <laughs> is the players that they are getting... Are top quality. A lot better than Andre Schurler at 30-something that, that Fulham were getting. So Yeah, being linked to guys like Awar and... Near Kite from the Bundesliga, like they're getting guys that are reputable, that are better age profile. They're getting a lot of young guys as well. Neko's sort of ready to prove himself. Um, you know, I think looking at their and like Henderson on loans a really good get as a goalkeeper. Um, I think they had seven loanees as part of their championship squad. Yeah. So th- there was naturally going to be a lot of turnover and a lot of guys that weren't a part of the, the promotion, but. What I found was a bit disheartening was not many of... I don't think really any of them came back, which is a bit meh. Like, I thought maybe some would try and sign and stay on. But guys like... I mean, Lingard's probably a good one that'll settle eventually if he's got the quality around him. I just think goals are going to be hard to come by. Um, like, the goal was a, a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> he, he just got kicked no, in no his one, shin. No one knew nothing about it. Um, I think that there was moments where they should have scored beforehand. Like, Neko was putting balls in heart, balls in areas that were, like, superb. And, you know, they looked dangerous from a set piece. And what do you think Morpay if, does to this team up front? Yeah, I think if you get Morpay in, you or get you 11, go two up top. 11 or 12. You two, yeah, you go two up top and they play 4-4-2. Four, four, and two, Jesse in behind or on, a, on the left wing. Yeah, I think, uh, you know... Awar in the yeah. 10. Imagine... They go diamond. Yeah. If they do a villa they, diamond. They're gonna have options. They could. They're gonna have options, and I think that if it gels, they're gonna stay up and stay up. Not easily, but what are they playing three five two at the moment? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, they could do that. They could go yeah. Taiwo, Morpe, Awa, Lingard in the ten, and then the other one deeper. Yeah, yeah. could be alright. Kite is part of the three. Henderson in goal. I've seen teams of lesser quality stay up. Yep, hundred percent, and. There's gonna be fun to watch, I think, because I think again, they they're either gonna like, on a goal rush. Yeah, they're either gonna just get thumped or they're gonna give it a go and play, you know, aggressive. Yeah. I think a bit of it was that they're playing their first home game in the Premier League for twenty three oh, years, oh, whatever yeah. it was. They're gonna they were gonna sit back and I haven't seen the penalty yet actually, the Declan Rice one. But I don't know what the save from Henderson's like, but a uh, decent save. It it was rolled in towards the corner to Henderson's right, but the fact he's caught it. Okay. Kind of shows you that I think Declan's trying to go with too much placement, not enough power. And it was very telegraphed. It was quite, it was kind of like, I hope the keeper doesn't go the right way here because I want to put this on target instead of him stepping up and going, that's my spot, let me hit it. Yeah. So it was one of those. Yeah. So, all right. Credit Henderson. Yep. All right. Fair enough. But, you know, that gives him a clean sheet as well. So that's part of the main thing. So let's shift into after two weeks what we're not liking. And I want to start with Liverpool because yes, I don't really want to spend too long on it. We haven't looked good. That's pretty... No. Well, I'll take that back. We didn't look good last week. We didn't look good against Fulham. No. But we ground out a draw and you probably go, yeah, we'll take a point. One point. Not two. This is the problem. The problem is at home, absolutely dominated. Palace go on the break. Nick won. Probably should have been two up. Zaha misses another chance in the start of yeah. the second half. And I thought, shit, <laughs> we're going to yeah. lose. The red card comes and you're like, cool. That's going to be the game. And then my funny story, which I haven't told you yet. I was lazy. Yeah, so I was watching it in, in bed on my phone. And my app was just bugging out. I was going to. Me- I was at the point I was going to message you because I it was like... 140p like couldn't see shit so I kept closing reopening the app closing reopening the app waiting for it to buffer one of the times I restarted it all I hear is yeah and I couldn't see because the pixels and I was like what the hell is going on so I got to the point I got up got out in the living room put on the TV with the app 
because the app worked perfect. I was like, oh, I missed the goal live. I'm like, are you kidding me? I watched his whole freaking game. I missed four minutes and we and I missed the worldy goal from Diaz. What are the chances? That's why you got to A, get up and watch it on TV or B, TV room <sighs> and sort you out because I, I was up and I was, I was fuming, A. Um, I'm going to turn it on its head a little and say that as much as oh, we've been poor... We, we had so many chances, poor, though, against Palace. Against so Palace many. on a different day, we're three nil up before Zaha scores on the break. Salah's on header. Da- yeah, uh, yeah. Salah's header, Salah, the cutback from Trent to Salah as well. Oh, yeah. uh, Nunes at the back stick after the Trent ball, which he should volley home. And then there was one to make it 1-1 where on I actually think, yeah, whoever's to chase yeah, him. Yeah, he gets a touch there, on it. Gets an outrageous tackle on it. But on a different day, Nunes finishes. Um, I want to speak about Nunes himself in a second, about the red card, yeah. about something that Liverpool do really well, um, and then about him himself, something I have a worry with him from what I've seen in two games. Um, but back to Liverpool, against Fulham, we look like horror. Now, I had a night game, so I didn't watch the first half. I re-watched the first half, even though I knew the result and saw the second half. Yeah, dreadful. We're, we're dreadful. We're, it, compared to the Community Shield, it looked like a team that's had a lacklustre pre-season and is not really ready to go, which... You could say we, we were. Have, yeah, it was a rush preseason. Won the Klopp, and he's he's very physical. So I understand giving us a bit of a break, and it might be a little bit better longer term throughout the season. But it probably means that we had so many fixtures that were congested, though. Like I think we would have yeah. been better not. Like after yeah, just, the Community Shield, the all the other players played the day after. You know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. I don't know. I just I, feel like they're throwing like, games in there for the sake of it. And then even yeah. after Fulham, I think. Half the squad played against Villa in some 23s game where they played all yeah. the guys that hadn't played. Like, it's just like, that just yeah. tells you that the, the squad's not ready for me. That's yeah. what it screams. The fact yeah, that we're playing it, Premier League games and then everyone else that didn't play is playing the next day. I agree with you. We're not ready. I agree with you. Um, second thing I will say about that is that at least the football against Palace was better and it was a bit more quality. Yep. The fact that we've come back with 10 men to get a point is good. And, we, you know, and there was Cavallio could have won it too. Yeah, there was Half times. Salah had three guys on him. He had a half-turn volley that nearly went in top bins. You know, that's a whisker away. Cavalio nearly put one who looks like a decent player, you know, into the side netting of a volley. Um, yeah, they did miss a chance when they hit the post with Zaha, who really should have scored to win the game 2-1. Um, but there was definitely some positives there. The main reason dreadful is two points. And I will ask this question now. The fact that City have started really well, is that title over? I kind of feel it could be because Haaland's going to be so good. I won't say it's over, was, but it's I will say made it a lot harder. Year. Last year, how many points were back were we? About 11, 13, something yeah, like that. we went down by one. Yeah, so yeah. it's not over yet. City aren't going to win every single game. That's the thing. City are going to draw two games. But my biggest problem, it ain't going to match them. My biggest problem is the boy up top when it's Nunes. And this is not me being mm. pessimistic. This is me watching from what I've seen in match day one and match day two. Right? Now, first thing I will say is the red card. Yes, he can't do that. Yes, he was provoked. Yes, he's a young kid. Yes, he's new to the Prem. The one thing I will say, the only other time I remember a red card on the Jurgen Klopp side was Robertson getting sent off against yeah, Spurs, two yellows. And realistically, Kane should have been off the park for the bad challenge that he lashes out at. Yeah, Not often that you see Liverpool, City, these top flight clubs that are at the top crescendo get reds. You know, you, you associate Klopp with being aggression, but it's a controlled aggression to fuel the game so you can go full throttle and go at people, right? Yeah. In terms of with the press and with the ball, etc. It's not stupid aggression, which Nunes saw. That's one thing that can be talked about, trained out, character of the squad. He's three weeks to do in. it. <laughs> yeah, and he's got three weeks to think about it. He probably won't do it again. My worry is what he's doing with and without the ball. He's so used to playing off the last man for Ben Fikus. I think from what I've seen in the first two match days is he's not going to offer much up and build up. And against Palace, it showed. The amount of times yeah. we had the ball out wide, how many times you saw Mane last year or Bobby, you know, you make a little run off the centre-backs, into some space in that, like, not that false nine roll, but in between the lines where we can play him, we can bounce for Binio, you go out the other side. Didn't happen much. Second thing, and I know this might could be controversial, his touch against Fulham was woeful. His touch but is bad Horan, again. His game. touch against Palace let him down for the goal, which he hits the, the goal that he should have scored with the hits the post. His choice of finish is all wrong. You know, it, it was a ball that was waist high that if he just goes and nods in for the uh, Trent ball, it's a goal. He can take a touch. Uh, you know, he's trying to play his in-step volley on his right foot. He could even let it drift across and let him use his left foot. You know, maybe being hypocritical. But for me, it's his touch. You know, you play into him. He's only going to look for balls in behind off, you know. Yeah. And, you know, as much as that's one of our strengths, and yeah, we need it to whip balls into someone's head, which is great. 
at the same stage, we need you to help him build up. Maybe he learns that. But the one thing I don't like, and the one thing a lot of Benfica fans have been saying, and like YouTube comments, whatever, which you can't take it with a pinch of salt because it's YouTube, right? Is that apparently he's historically not had the best of touches. I think in the Premier So you know what you're buying. Out. So for me, my big thing about dreadfully is not Liverpool itself, which the two points aren't great. It's Nunes and the fact that my unpopular statement in this podcast is Nunes is not going to be a good enough player for Liverpool Football Club over the next few years, and he may find himself on the peripheral. So I, I think will come back in up top. My thing is we need to adapt to him. The stat that I'm going to throw to you is Erling Haaland in 73 minutes at eight touches on the ball against Bournemouth. Yeah. I will so, say that's because Bournemouth set up so deep and kind of like shielded him. He doesn't get moment. involved in the build-up either. And City's a team who you can't, you know, Foden's played up front, De Bruyne's played up front, Bernardo's played up front. They're changing. Like, De Bruyne's passing has changed. So they've adapted quicker to Haaland than we've adapted to Nunes. I think there will come a point where we will learn about what Nunes' strengths are and whatever. But I think for the way we play, we need a nine that presents at feet. And well, we maybe it's time for us to change because we've won one major title playing the yeah. way we've played. Which is fair. And I think that's why we've done it. But I will say Haaland does get involved. Like the one moment he presents, it's a goal for City. You know, he takes two guys, bodies. Yeah, he's more City. clinical. I'll give him that. I'll and give him like, that he's more uh, clinical. But uh, Haaland's the best eight, eight like touches Haaland. in 73 minutes though as well. So it's not showing that the striker needs to be overly involved if the other, if the no, rest yeah. of the structure... Like their midfield's a lot better than ours. Yeah, Our midfield don't get involved too. So when you've got a striker and three midfielders that can't do anything, yeah, then you're dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when Gundogan, De Bruyne, Rodri even, yeah. are way more involved than our midfielders are, that's the problem. And I think that's also the case that Harlan drags players out of position because it's Harlan, you know, and yeah. hopefully Nunes can do that for us. If that's the case, that's okay. But I think that's where you miss Bobby and why Bobby started against Fulham and just didn't work because he's going to drag opposition. Well, Darwin wouldn't have started... Darwin wouldn't yeah. have started if Jota or Firmino were fit. We yeah, know I don't that. think so either. I think it's... Klopp He's not ready. He's players, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I was expecting Nunes not really to get a start the first seven game weeks. Same. I said that yeah, too, because, to the international break. Yeah, yeah, because Robertson's... You know, look what Robertson did. And look what we've done with plenty of signings. You know, look at Harvey Elliott. He's been getting game time. If he didn't get injured, he would have been nailed. And I reckon he's nailed now in the yeah. midfield. But yeah, he, was bedded, he, was, he was bedded in. I think that Nunes Fabinho needs was, to be bedded in. Canate was. It's it's maybe not a bad thing that he's been sent off. I don't like the manner of it. I don't. I like the aggression, but he needs to control it. Better than him but kicking maybe, someone, though. I feel like. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just think that he needs a lot of time to bed in. Will he flop? I think there's potential because for what I've seen, just because I don't think the quality's there and he's touched. But he's also young. We need to give him game time. I think he's it's just dynamic enough, spot. though. Like he's just so like he's raw and he's quick and. I don't, can, I don't know. I think the physical side of things is harder to get than the technical. So I'd like to think that if he can get the technical and the mental side right, then he's got the physical stature okay. and ability to make it work. He suits. He suits what we need. We've been screaming out for a bigger striker. Yeah. And maybe it's yeah. an option for us to tweak the way we play, and that's what I think it's going to be. So lots to unfold. We've got Man United yep. this week, and I think it's a good segue into what the hell has been happening there with Eric Ten Hag because yep. this is a huge, this is a six-pointer, really. They're on the bottom. We've got two points. The loser of this game is in some in serious trouble. trouble, to be honest. Yep. And I don't see a world where Salah doesn't turn up and just go, nah, time to stop playing. I'm scoring a Hattie. I see a world where Man United beat us for their first three nah. points. They're going to score their first couple of goals. I see a world where this ends in the most scrappiest 2-1. Nah, no way. 1-0. I think this game's going to be one of those where it lacks quality. Uh, I am really worried. I said it to you before we played Palace. If we beat Palace at Anfield, we're going to pump them 5-6-7-0. If we don't win, I think it's the first time we've gone off to this worst of a start. And it's going to remind you of the year where Klopp had at Dortmund where they finished 14th. And, you know, it was a year that I, can't, I think he left or whatever. So... No. I think this could be the uh, this could be the uh, biggest game of the season for us because if we don't win it, we're in a world of hurt, and I think we're in for a really poor year. Where I've just seen United... nothing from United though, at all. Yeah, but this Two is the games. game where a Rashford, where a Rashford no, turns not. up. They have looked absolutely dreadful. They have looked dreadful. There's we no the cohesion with the goal. way they're playing. Yeah, we definitely need the first goal. You can't first if you goal. concede the first goal, then it's going to be two banks of four. Or four and a five and a five and a four, and they're gonna make a life hard. Because if Ten Hag didn't learn the lesson against Brentford about that he needs to change the way he's playing, 
then he's got to learn it here because if he tries to play that same play out from the back system with these players that they've got against us, we'll kill them. We'll absolutely kill them. There's no way because they will offer us way too much space and too much respect to the point where we'll just take the mick out of them until they have to start coming at us and then it just get we'll get worse. Like last year, we've been in what four, five? I can't remember now. Yeah, uh, my only worry is, is in preseason, not preseason, we use like thirty something players. This is the first time Tech Hard's going to play against a side that's going to play out of the back against him. They can press. You know, he said it against Brighton that he's like, oh, they lined up, they played different than what we thought, right? So we weren't able to press. Against Brentford, Brentford went direct. We can go direct, but we like playing for Allison out through the back and, you know, build up and whatever. I haven't got the players and to I press think, anyway. I think, this is the first time, I think this is the first time that United may rock up and actually put in a good shift. And that's what worries me because I'm waiting for the reaction to happen. If the play is good enough for United, I don't think so. Do I think United are going to have a really poor year finish outside of Europe? Yes. But at the same stage, I think this is the right time that United take a game to Liverpool. If there's ever a time that you rock up against Liverpool, this is the time to do it. If they've got any sort of respect for themselves as a football club in terms of the players for then for what they're trying to do, this is the fur this is the start of them starting to rebuild this this week coming. I just think there's too much changing at the moment. Like there's just change in every line for them, and that's the part of the problem. Oh, we have yeah. But when you're talking about them needing to press us, Ronaldo's not going to press us. Bruno's not going to press us. Fred's not going to press us. Ericsson's not. That's your spine. Yeah, but I think he might throw a spanner in the works and go like Rashford. He might not play Ronaldo. He might. He should be playing Rashford, Sancho, and then I mean maybe. And go Rashford through the I middle. Think, I, I think he's going to go Rashford through I the would. middle with Sancho and Alunga, and he's going to go pace up top and you press and you work and get us to a point where we I can. I still don't think that midfield's good minute. enough, though. If, that, if this game's tied, 70th minute, they bring in Ronaldo on with three other fresh players, uh, they'll nab it. Uh, and that's what worries me. Do so I think that's going to happen? There's a possibility. And for everyone that's telling me, nah, Liverpool rock up and go, I'll be like, hey, if we we're going to rock up and go, we would have been in Fulham, we would have been in Palace playing poorly. We didn't. I think, I think going away helps us, though. Going to Old Trafford is going to help us. Because if we get the first goal, their crowd is going to go. Even if the first 15 minutes don't go the way they want it, they're going to go. And that's yeah. the thing. If we just dominate the first 15 minutes, that atmosphere is going to turn very quickly. And that's only going to help us. So I agree. I just think there's just not any bit of cohesion in the way United play. The minute they've conceded a goal or the pressure's gone, they've completely reverted back to just a team of individuals. They haven't... They've had periods where it's looked okay and then the pressure's come on and they've panicked and they've gone straight back to how they played last year. And I think the same thing's going to happen this week. So United, I don't even know what the hell they need anymore. I'm at the point where it's not play, it's not players. It's it's like the players that they've got are not good enough for what we expect of Man United. But you've got to work with what you've got. There's no number, again, there's not a number six. They like Fred is not a six. Fred's an eight. Ericsson's a 10, he's only an 8, and they're playing them as two holding midfielders in a pivot. It just makes no sense to me. Like Even Donny van der Beek is not a 6. McTominay's not a 6. They do not have one number 6 in that club, and they're looking at Rabiot, which I think the deal's off anyway. Yeah, Rabiot came out and said no. But again, he's an 8, so there's still not a number 6 at all in the club. Like How are you going to expect to win with teams that play three in midfield without a defensive midfield, but then your centre-backs, um, like, their number six needs to be the little man that's called the pit bull for a reason. Yeah. Who's playing at centre-back, and Varane's on the bench. Like, how dumb is he? Like, if you have to wear Maguire, cool. I got no issue playing Harry Maguire. Playing with Varane, because what you lose, that they are a perfect combination. Maguire's slow and can play on the ball. Varane's quick, and he can't pass. It works well. Like, it is genuinely going to work well. Push Martinez further a line. There's your, there's your shape. He, he played 4-3-3 at Ajax. Why is he not doing it? He's got the six, and he's playing him at centre-back. It makes no sense. My only thing would be is that Varane's not fit. Oh, he'd have to not be fit, but surely Lindelof... I think Martinez or... will get in... Martinez will play in the six, because he's not... He's, I right, know, Lindelof's I'm on the saying... bench. I know I don't like saying that he's too small to play. Or can McTominay play centre-back uh, just to get the job done? Because he does it for Scotland. Yeah. You know what? It's a weird place, United. And I think what they need to get changed is, A, they need the ownership to change to get some new life into the football club, and the fan base needs to stop getting off their back. 
I'm going to ask you a question, Paul, because I've got my answer. Are United closer to being relegated this year than they are to finishing in Europe, or is it, are they closer to finishing in Europe than they are to being relegated? Closer to Europe, but not much. They'll be mid-table, I think. I think they'll, they'll finish like anywhere between 9th and 12th, but I think the way how bad this can turn... You know, the Cron- the Cronky family are going to say, oh, no, we're spending money, but even though we're... I mean, the Glazers. Decision, uh, Glazers, sorry, apologies. Um, sorry, Arsenal on the mind, because I've got Arsenal on the run sheet. Um, you know, oh, we're spending money, but they're letting all their businessmen make decisions, not footballing people, right? Yeah. Um, the poison in the club's already been settled in, you know, and now he doesn't want to be there, he's your best player, right, on paper, right? Players that know they don't lack belief, you got a keeper that's playing in a system that he know he can't play. I think that there is a world that United struggle for a large portion of this year, and if it carries on and they can't find a midfielder that they can bring in to help hold or a defender, then they could be in really serious trouble. I think they'll go they, down. They don't have depth do think, either. That's the concern. Yeah, Look at their bench in the well. weekend. Yeah, yeah. I Not think good. that there is a world where. This club is in danger of doing what Leeds did many moons ago. Look, Which I don't think it'll be that bad, but it's not looking good. No. And um, this but, next week's going to prove a lot. Yeah, this is where I still think. Uh, this is where I still think this is the type of fixture that United turn it around and they finally start to build something. But even if it's just a performance, they haven't had a performance yet. That's the problem. I see a world where we smack them six 0 and United <laughs> don't win a game for their first five or six as well. Because it gets bad so, after this too. Yeah, and like that, if that, if we got to do it to them, we're not one hundred percent fit. We we've got no Canate, no Matip, Gomez not fit, Nat Phillips starting, and we're still going to smack them. Then they're in some serious trouble because they're still going to play City and they're still going to play Spurs in this run. So once they go past us, it goes Southampton, Leicester, Arsenal, Crystal Palace. Like Southampton, you'd think at St Mary's is winnable. Yeah, Leicester would be tight. Arsenal, yep. back Arsenal, Arsenal and Palace at home. You'd back Palace at the moment. Oh, look, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm looking at Eze and Zaha and going, mate, that's their fixture. Getting in behind, running. Yeah. You know, are, are you pinning himself on Martinez if he's still playing centre-back? Or, or Edouard? Yeah. They're, they're going to be, you know, they're not going to lick their lips. And after that, international break, you've got still City, Spurs to play. Um, Chelsea are going to look at them and go, oh, yeah, we'll probably have a bit of you as well. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at United going, geez, where's Newcastle. the Newcastle. Yeah. They're going to be good. All right. We'll park it on United. One other team I just want to touch on is West Ham. Um, 2 0 against City, not the end of the world. A lot of teams get done a lot worse than that. But them against Forest, probably a bit unlucky to not get something out of it as well. Plenty of chances, but look, I just want to throw them in there because they're a big team that's floating towards the bottom ish. So yeah. I just thought we'd mention it as a bit of a danger, but they'll be fine. I right. think they will be too. They got um, a hard run though. They got a Chelsea and Spurs back to back six and seven. So yeah, I think for them it's the sort of thing that the only thing that worries me is they haven't looked like their goal scoring selves as last year yet. But you also got a couple of new players in there. You got Skamaka in there. Hasn't as well. really kicked I, I, on yet. Yeah, like that's going to take some time to bet in. And I think after the international break, you see West Ham start turning good again. Yep. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to some questions as I sort myself out. First one. Has United got it wrong with their manager from Dim? I'm going to say no, but there's a lot of work to be done. I'm going to say no, but you have to let Ten Hag have a couple of years to clean this out. Like, even two Look years... Look what Arteta's finishing... had. He's had three. Yeah, yeah. Like, let Ten Hag two years of finishing 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, whatever it is. Look at Sir Alex when he first started, man. He nearly got relegated and got sacked. Yeah. Just, just that company's overhaul. You, you see that starting 11 that was on the weekend, the starting 11 that's about to play against Liverpool... Out of that starting 11, only two players from that starting 11 should be at that football club in two years' time. One being Martinez, the other one's probably De Gea because he's probably good enough as a keeper to still be there. The rest of them should be on their way nah, out. De Gea Harry needs Maguire, to be out. Maybe, nah, De Gea Harry needs Maguire to go. Sticks. De Gea but needs to go. Big time. There is, he's done. There is, oh, I think he's done too. Don't worry. They need a keeper that can play with their feet. Go get go get a Brazilian lad that is the Anyone? first choice. Yeah, just go get a Brazilian lad that's the first choice to Edison and Allison that can play with his feet. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, but they need to give him time. If you know how to do what they historically do, which is they go sack a manager when it turns pear shape, it sh- a this shows you how good Mourinho was for them because far out he he turned his rabble into finishing second. So did um, Oli. Oli, I don't think was as good. as Oli got them second. 
Did he? Yep. Oh, there you go. When we finished fourth, Ollie got him second. Yeah. The year oh, after well. we won it. Oh, <laughs> Mourinho, Mourinho got him to a Europa League, didn't he? Uh, yeah, but Ollie got yeah. him to the what? The quarters of the Champions League. That's more more important. Look, Ollie and uh, Ollie. I'm not. Ollie I'm not agreeing for Ollie. I'm just saying. You know, he's, yeah. Look, data can tell Ollie, you funny stories. That's true. Um, data will also tell you that. Uh, you know that te- that boys probably should deserve more time. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but um, I think they've got it right if they give him time. The only time yeah. they've got it wrong is if they sack him prematurely because I don't think there's any comeback from that. If they set Ten Hag in a nah, year who and a half, who else is going to go time, there then? No one's going to go there and they're going to be the laughing stock of English football when they get relegated in five Laughing stock of world football. All yeah. right. Russ Bus, the Arsenal need to sign another midfielder, i.e. Tielemans. Yes. I think they're one short. I think Europe. if it's Yuri, T- if it's Yuri Tillemans, yes, because he's quality. It's they need Tillemans. one more, more deeper eight. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think o- Odegaard's done it at times, and I don't like it. Like he needs I to be that, that bit further forward. So I think they're they're one short at the moment. So I reckon that it's Tillemans. It's a if somebody Laconga was able to play, but he's just not there. I'd loan. Yeah. Oh, if you could loan him out. And if you loan Sammy Laconga out and bring someone like Tielemans in the last year of his contract in, then 100%. Otherwise, I wouldn't buy someone for the sake of buying someone. It's going to be the right person. Because Arteta's shown that he's willing to hold yeah. if, you, if the right player's not there. Berger, are Man United better without Ronaldo? Well, we've mentioned it, that we believe they are, but... Right now, they're stage, not because they haven't replaced him. Yeah, and... At- and they also have lost material for a while, so yeah, they might need to hold him and make him unhappy, but play him. <laughs> but if they could get anyone to play the system, that would yeah. help. But he's just not going to play the way they want him to play. Nah. All right, Damo, that is all we got time for. That was a nice little start. If you've enjoyed, make sure that you guys get a rate amongst everything. And you check out all the platforms as well. And we'll hopefully be back on a more regular schedule um, to cover what happens in the Premier League with a bit more depth. But we wanted to just get an episode up to re-establish our connection with everybody. So once again, Dame, thank you. Thank you, mate. We'll get back to a regular schedule. I've got like three catch-up games this week. So like even finishing this podcast has been a bit difficult. But uh, yeah, no, Premier League's on. It's a good time. There's other sport on as well that we'll mention at some point. But let's see what happens. It's a wacky old time, the Premier League. It's just nice to be staying up late on a uh, Saturday night with Goal Rush or waking up to a Tuesday morning kickoff at 4.30. Yeah, 100%. So thank you guys, and we'll see you next week, hopefully for episode number 58.